What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Players' Championship. That's right, the fifth major, the huge prize purse of $15 million, $2.7 million going to first and Almost every single one of the top players in the world teeing it up at TPC Sawgrass this week. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be an awesome week of content and fun and games and all that good stuff. But before we jump into that, looking back quickly at last week's Arnold Palmer Invitational, Bryson DeChambeau does it again. He comes away victorious, and I know a lot of people in the community uh, were able to get a piece of it. And I just want to point out a couple of them as I do uh, try to do every single week. So the two that stood out to me for this week, uh, Kevin P. He had an outright on Bryson and he mentioned, hey, when the number one key metric is strokes gained off the tee, you put Bryson DeChambeau on your betting card, which I thought was a really good reminder not to overthink things. You know, it, it's we can be uh, paralyzed by the analysis and the statistics sometimes. And when the model says you got to be great off the tee, you go and you get the best driver of the golf ball on the planet. That's Bryson DeChambeau. So congratulations to Kevin. And then big congrats to DFS Daddy, who won $40,000 last week with his DFS lineup and uh, mentioned that he had signed up for rickrungood.com a month ago, and he's had some close calls since and was able to hold on through 54 holes and win uh, 40 grand. So congratulations, a couple of different winners from last week. And then also I pulled uh, subscription winners. So if you want to join the rickrungood.com community, first of all, now's a great time. Uh, and there's a couple of ways to enter a draw to win that, just like Daniel Spain did and Strumpfy13 did. I've gotten in touch with you. I've reached out to you to get you signed up for a month subscription to rickrungood.com. That's on me. If you want to get your name into a draw, to win a subscription to rickrungood.com. There are two ways to do it. If you are on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, obviously. Like this video and comment below with who's going to win the Players' Championship. The other way, and you can do both, is to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple iTunes version of this podcast. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. It will be linked in in the description. Five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, and leave me your Twitter handle. The rest of the week uh, will be plenty of content as usual. There's going to be a a betting and one and done preview. There's going to be fades. There's going to be sleepers. Uh, There's also going to be uh, two live chats. There is going to be the regular 3 p.m. Eastern time live chat on Wednesday on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That is for all things question and answer, ownership, having fun, all that good stuff. And then there is a jock market power hour. If you have not played jock market yet, it is Stock market DFS, people are winning money just left and right. It's it's unbelievable. Joe Idoni and myself are going to cover the Players' Championship for this week. And also, uh, we're going to start 15 minutes earlier. Big week. So that's actually going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. A little bit of a bigger show. Maybe we'll have somebody on. Who knows what's going to happen, but it's going to be a lot of fun either way. I guess that's it for now. I can't wait any longer. Let's get into this week's Players' Championship.
TPC Sawgrass. This is the iconic Pete Dye design. It's a par 72, 7,189 yards on the scorecard. It's Bermuda grass everywhere. Uh, I mean, the 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 par 3, 17th, the uh, Peninsula Green, not technically an island, uh, you know, is one of the most recognizable holes on the planet. This course, one of the most recognizable courses on the planet. And, you know, I, I think that the stretch from maybe 12 or 13 on is really unrivaled when you get to, uh, you know, the prestige of this event, the money that's on the line, the field that is usually in contention. So uh, it should be a really great closing stretch. And, you know, let's just jump right down to the key stats for this week, because last week at the API, you know, the two that were that were so important were uh, off the tee and approach. Those were the two we leaned on. Bryson wins the golf tournament. Corey Connors was up there. Keegan Bradley played well for three and a half days. Uh, it, it was it was pretty true. And this week, unfortunately, even though we have such a great history at Sawgrass, right? Every year since 80, 86, I want to say, maybe even longer than that. So we've got plenty of history, even though I guess this is really only the second year that we are now back in March from the May, uh, or excuse me, yeah, back in March from the May schedule. So there could be something to that a little bit, but um, very consistent year over year. And we don't have super strong correlated stats for this week. Stroke skate off the tee is still the number one stat, but it ranks 11th out of 50 of the PGA Tour courses, and then birdie or better, and around the green, that's 21st. So last week, we saw two top five stats. This week, we have an 11th place stat, and we've got two in 21st. So I wouldn't say there's any real strong correlations around TPC Sawgrass, which is kind of reflected that, you know, that passes the sniff test a little bit. Some of the winners that we've seen, right? Rory, technically our defending champion. Uh, Siwoo Kim has won here. Ricky Fowler, right? I mean, it's just kind of all types of different players. So, um, you know, we can lean on birdie makers. We can get guys that hit the ball well off the tee. I think I'm going to lean in that direction. But uh, as much as I would love to use the key stats for this week, um, probably not as strong as last week based on based on what we're seeing right now. So, of course, if you want to look at this and you want to go, you know, last 50 rounds and let's just look at strokes gained off the tee for this field and no surprise to see Bryson here again. And then you're going to see Sergio Garcia, Cam Champ. John Rahm and Sung JM, they're going to round out the top five here. And then if you want to go, um, you know, birdies, so we can do uh, birdies per round. That's kind of a, an interesting one. We could do uh, Cam Davis, who is just a prolific birdie maker. Uh, he also makes a lot of bogeys as well, but that's okay. Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Bryson DeChambeau, and Daniel Berger also rounding out uh, the birdie makers. And then you can go down I mean, you can do this for any stat that you want, right? So let's do, let's go by scoring and let's see what we have. Birdie or better percentage. Let's just do that one and we'll see. Yeah. JT, we're going to talk a lot about JT, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Roy, uh, Ryan Palmer, Joaquin Neiman, Xander Shoffley. They round out the top five in terms of birdie or better percentage this season. I do want to point out one little caveat here. So, um, the stats that you'll see on rickrungood.com, when available, when measured, uh, 
do include the one round that was played last year. So Hideki Matsuyama goes out, shoots the course record on Thursday. Of course, this is the event um, that got shut down and stopped for uh, COVID-19. And we had the we had the 91-day break from the PGA Tour. So there was one round. So if you want to see that one round, it is in the Holy Grail. Uh, all of those metrics, you can go round by round and you could get a feel for... Um, what guys did just in that opening round last year. And I'll, I'll give you exa- an example as we get later into this, um, as we go over to the cheat sheet, because there's one guy or two guys in particular that I think are at least interesting. But I did want to point that out. The one round of data is in the, d- the database if you would like to use it. The $10,000 range on DraftKings was five deep, but just got a little bit lighter because Brooks Kepka on Sunday as uh, Bryson and the leaders were making the turn at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the news broke that Brooks Kepka has withdrawn from the Players' Championship. So he is out, citing a right knee injury, which is disappointing uh, for sure. And it also creates a, a larger gap from the 10 K range to the nine K range. So we'll talk about that in a second, but it's Dustin Johnson who leads the way at 11,002 John Rahm at 10, nine Rory McIlroy, technically your defending champion at 10,600 and Xander Shoffley at 10,300, you know, looking at Dustin Johnson, this is kind of the one event um, that's been a little bit of his kryptonite, right? I mean, he's had some decent finishes here. He finished fifth in 2019. He's, uh, obviously plays well everywhere, but this is the one event that that hasn't really worked out for him. You know, it's hard to find any events on the PGA schedule that that Dustin has played eleven times, which he has at the at uh, the Players Championship, uh, with his best finish being a T five. Now, the good news is, you know, really his best three finishes are his last three trips. It's fifth, seventeenth, and twelfth. So, um, if you're looking at shorter term tournament history dj still has has plenty of that he just hasn't won this golf tournament uh john rom 10,009 um you know rom probably should have won this event in 2019 right remember that he's standing on he's in the bunker at i think it was 12 which is, should be the par 5 and him and his caddy are having that discussion like you, you can't go for it here you can't try to you can't try to cut this uh he shrugs off his caddy he proceeds to try to carry it over the water doesn't come close uh, I think he makes a bogey or makes a double and, and just is never the same after that. But John Rahm probably feels like he's got a little bit of unfinished business at TPC Sawgrass. He's coming in off a of 32nd at the WGC and, and he's been, you know, phenomenal in the last year or so uh, in terms of his results. Rory McIlroy, let's let's deep dive Rory because um, I think I think of the 10K guys, he's the most interesting. From like like you know, uh, we don't have to have a, a full on conversation about Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. They're both great. Xander Shoffley, they're great, right? Like these guys are great. Rory, I think, is the most interesting because I want to pull up his holy grail here, and I want to go um, almost almost tournament by tournament just to kind of see what's going on here with Rory and. We've seen more of the same at the Arnold Palmer, which is this right here. Um, just the the approach game. Irons and wedges really struggling in that category. Uh, failing to put it all together for four rounds at a time. You know, he jumps out to, I think he was a 36-hole leader last week or co-leader last week. Uh, finishes in a tie for 10th. So uh, let, me, let me be very clear here. If you look at... The time since Rory last won, which was the WGC HSBC, it was at the end of 2019... It has been bad only by Rory McIlroy standards, 
right? I mean, you look at all of the top fives, even since the restart, you know, he goes eighth at the U.S. Open, 21st at the CJ Cup, 17th at the Zozo, 5th at the Masters, 6th at the Workday, 10th at the Arnold Palmer, uh, 13th in Phoenix, 16th at at Farmers. There are about... um, all but 10 guys on the PGA tour that would that would kill for this set of results. And we say this is basically a failure from Rory McIlroy. So I really think we need to re- recalibrate our expectations and 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 what our baseline is for Rory. Now, he is seemingly one of the safest most consistent golfers because he played by all accounts pretty poor last week at the Arnold Palmer and finished 10th. And that is something he seems to be doing a lot, playing well below his standards and popping up on the first page of the leaderboard. So I don't know. I, I, I assume he's going to flip the switch at some point. You know, the players is obviously a, a great spot for him. Um, but I, I think we need to stop acting like Rory is, is in, in the midst of an unbelievably terrible run. It's been great for anybody not named Rory McIlroy. Now, the 9K range, I, I think this is where everybody's going to want to go. You know, it's it's got Justin Thomas, Bryson, it's got Webb, it's got Morikawa, it's got Hovland, it's got Cantlay, I mean, Cantlay, Tony Fina. These, these are some of the hottest and most popular golfers on tour right now. Let's talk about Justin Thomas because he's a guy that I think has legitimate winning upside. Let's pull up his, um, well, there's a couple different ways we can do this. Let's go to... Let's go to his holy grail. Let's just let's just let's just stay here while I have it up. Justin Thomas has been trending. This is what I like to see at workday. He was horrible on Thursday. He was second in the field in strokes gained approach. He gained nine and a half strokes at the workday. He was second to only Colin Morikawa. He lost six off the tee. Is Justin Thomas going to lose six strokes off the tee again? Probably not, considering that was his worst event in my database. That goes back to the start of 2015. Justin Thomas's worst uh, tournament was the workday in his last start. So let's assume that he gets back to uh, being a plus driver of the golf ball. He does something similar to what he's done this year with his approach game. And he rolls to a zero putter. Like that's the formula for Justin Thomas to win this. He's been lurking. He's got a lot of great finishes. I think JT is a really sound option for this week. Below that, Bryson. Um, the guy's special, man. I, I mean, we, I joke and, and we play around on Twitter and he does crazy stuff, but he is, he's, he's really special. And, and what he's doing right now, look at all the ones. So this is, these are all the, the, the things that he leads. This is his golfer pro, profile page. All of the things he leads the PGA tour in this season. And it's, it's distance, it's Eagles, it's FedEx cup points, it's money, it's strokes gained off the tee, it's tee to green, it's total, it's, it's he's second in scoring average. I mean, He's been a, a really dominant force. The trajectory that he's on uh, off the tee is even better than it was last year by a full quarter of a stroke. He's a half a stroke better on approach. He's a quarter of a stroke better around the greens. This is a complete performance we've, we're seeing from Bryson DeChambeau. He's won three times in his last 15 starts worldwide. So while I poke fun of him and, and all the crazy antics that he does on Twitter, um, you know, $9,700 for who is arguably, arguably the first or second best player in the world. DJ still the best player in the world, but like the second best player in the world, maybe uh, third at worst, right? Kind of thing. It, it's, it's, it's special what he's doing and he's even better in fantasy points, which I know matters. I, I created a video um, for last week's strategy Saturday 
about most valuable golfers, guys that outpace their their finishing position with fantasy points. And Bryson DeChambeau seems to do that quite often. Uh, so he's super valuable in fantasy formats. He's only $9,700. I expect during Wednesday's live chat, I'm going to be saying he's one of the most popular golfers on the slate. It should be pretty interesting. Um, certainly a web week, right? Web's had great success here. Uh, winner in 2018. He hasn't finished outside the top 16 in, in three trips. Uh, he has proven to me you know, some of these courses that he shouldn't play well at, uh, a November Augusta, uh, the concession, he, he finds a way and Webb is in really good form. But the one guy that I kind of teased earlier was Colin Morikawa. And, uh, the reason for that is because the one round that he had last year, you know, so this is kind of weird because we have a couple of, of, of studs who are young, young studs that, that, technically have not played this event before. Um, you know, Colin Morikawa doesn't get credit for his one round last week. You know, he's, he's a top five player in the world. He's won four times. He's never played the Players' Championship. Like, it's, it shows how quickly these names have ascended to the, to the top of the world of golf. So here's, here's the one round from Morikawa last year. This is the Holy Grail. Um, so you can go and find it. He was in seventh after, uh, after round number one. He was awesome off the tee. He was fine on approach. But the big thing here is he gained nearly three strokes putting. And we actually, over on the CBS Sports uh, First Cut podcast that I host, uh, we actually interviewed him during during the shutdown. And he, he talked about this round right here that I'm showing you. And he said, I found something on the greens. And I want to try to carry that into the restart. And he, he, he kind of was able to, right? He won... He well, he missed a short putt at Colonial um, to to miss out on a playoff there, and then he would he won I guess a couple weeks later at Workday, and and his and his putting numbers were a lot better in the restart until recently. Then they got really bad. He he made the he made the 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 grip change, and then of course he wins the WGC Workday. So I'm wondering if he can rekindle a little bit of that magic from Workday, a little bit of the good vibes from Sawgrass from last year, and and just kind of run this thing right back and, and just continue to be one of the best iron players on the planet, one of the best drivers of the golf ball. He's 9400 bucks. He's coming off a win, and I know we kind of just like to fade those guys. Um, but yeah, that that's a really interesting spot. This 9K range, I think more than ever... Um, I'm I'm making a serious consideration of starting starting my lineups here. You know, the soft pricing that you get in these huge, you know, millionaire maker weeks, it, it almost if it almost asks you or begs you to 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 have a balanced build, but with the removal of Brooks Kepka from the 10K range, that's a little bit of win equity there. The way that the pricing came out early, you get Bryson DeChambeau at what I think is a, an unbelievable value. Morikawa, um, you know, who who is I think one of the best players on the planet. JT in here, like I, I could live in this 9K range and be thrilled about it. Uh, the bottom half of it, I'm not going to read too much into the Hovland um, kind of falling apart on the weekend at, at Bay Hill. Bay Hill was tough on the weekend, really, really tough on the weekend. He went from, you know, inside the top 10 to, to 49th by the time the week was over. I'm not, I don't care about it at all. He's one of the best players on the planet. He's scorching hot. Uh, Cantlay's interesting, right? Because Cantlay not only um, hasn't played since Riviera, but he also withdrew from trying to get my weeks mixed up. I guess it would have had to have been the WGC that he withdrew on Monday or Tuesday. Um, so actually it might've been later than that. Was it Wednesday? I, my, my dates are all messed up at this point, but you know, we have not seen Cantlay in a long time. He's played well recently. So 
we'll we'll see what happens. I think I think ownership is going to dictate a lot of these decisions, especially in the in the nine k and above range. Um, but I'm I'm really loving almost all of those guys there. Before I jump into the eight k, we we can go to the holy grail and we can look up. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to sort this data here, but let's just do you know buy the players championship, right? Like we've got the data for this. Let's just rock it. So let's do. Players Championship, everybody in this field. See, a lot of guys have one round. That's kind of funny. Uh, you know, Bezadenhut, Christian Bezadenhut, who finished what last week? Fourth? Fifth? Uh, played well last week. His one round that he played last year gained six and a half shots on the field. Uh, rode a hot putter, as you have to do when you're going to gain that many. But uh, good vibes at Sawgrass. Playing well at the moment. Mentioned Morikawa. Hovland, right? Hovland played well on that on that Thursday Last year, but if you look for bigger sample sizes, Adam Scott, he's in this $8,000 range. He's $8,100. He's played 21 measured rounds at the Players Championship just since the start of 2015. That's how far my uh, database goes back. And and the results are, are, are obviously sound, right? He finishes uh, 12th in 2016, 6th in 2017, 11th and 12th in 18 and 19. And then he was in 37th after one round last year. So uh, Adam Scott, interesting in this 8K range. Hideki's kind of interesting, but not for the same reasons. Um you know, he finished eighth in 2019. He was, of course, I feel like the fact that he was your first round leader last year, people are going to be super interested in him, but he hasn't played as well recently. I'm probably cooler on Hideki than most are going to be when we get to, uh, you know, when we get to Thursday morning. But then, after, I mean, after Adam Scott and Hideki, there's Webb again. There's that man Webb, 9,500 bucks. So I'm just trying to sort through here. Oh, the 8,000s. That's, that's where I'm looking for. Jason Day. I like Jason Day a lot. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, he obviously won this event in, in 16. He's got two more top 10s since then. He's playing well at the moment. Let's look at what he's done. Let's just pull him up here in the holy ground. Look, and let's isolate him. Am I concerned that he has lost strokes on approach in four of five? Yes, of course I am. Uh, what I'm optimistic about is he's been really great off the tee for three in a row. Uh, he's got a top 10 at, at Pebble. He's got a top 20 at Workday. He finished 31st at API. And again, things things got hairy there on the weekend. And then the short game and the putter specifically, you know, when he was the number one player in the world, and I'm, I'm certainly not comparing his form to that run. Uh, I mean, the putter was magic. The putter was absolute magic. We're seeing, you know, a bit of that in this stretch right now. And he goes back to a place he's had a lot of good history at, at a flat $8,000 for Jason Day. That's really appealing. Uh, and then Jordan Spieth, you know, <laughs> I got Spieth wrong last week, right? You know, the, the, my argument was <clears throat> you can't spray it off the tee at Bay Hill and get away with it. And, and Spieth kind of didn't, you know, at least he, he didn't miss left often, uh, which is where the penalties are. And, and he held it together. I think he lost a stroke, right? Let's, let's, let's just look up Jordo here. <clears throat> so Spieth, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a, a zero, a zero driver of the golf ball. So in what you guys have heard me say countless times over the last couple of years, or I guess not for Morikawa, but like I would say, um, you know, if Morikawa putts to a zero, he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments. Jordan Spieth's like, if he drives to a zero, 
he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments because the approach game has been sound. His, his around the green and short game magic is back. He finds a way, I, I don't know how he does it, uh, to get the ball in the cup and, and, to, and to just just pull out the magic when necessary. And he just seems to be the only guy who's able to do it. So here's, here's the stretch I'm interested in. Be a zero putter which he has done for three straight events. And those events have resulted in a third place, a 15th, and a fourth. Uh, be a zero driver, and you are going to find a way. The only other concern here, Spieth's been bad at, at Sawgrass, right? Uh, I think he's missed four of his five cuts here. His, his best finish was, I think, 15, which um, you know now is is five years ago, five years. You know, so it's just like... It, I, I don't, this has been his kryptonite. So we'll, we'll see, but I really like what I see from Jordan Spieth at the moment. The other guy who was really bad course history is Paul Casey. Casey's best finish here, I think was 2006 or seven. He's played it a ton, missed the cut half the time. He's withdrawn a couple more times. So uh, I'm not sure I'll go back to the Casey. Well, uh, I'll probably focus on Spieth a little bit. I'll focus on day. Sungjae still here. That's fine. Uh, you know, burgers hanging around. There's there's some really appealing options in the AK as well. Um, but yeah. Oh, here. Oh, this is the other thing I want to share with Jordan Spieth. And sorry, this is. Listen, it's a big week. If this video goes long, it goes long. But this is this is important stuff. It's a big week, and if you're watching, you want to be a part of this, and I appreciate that. So here's the thing with Spieth. Uh, not only is it the approach game, it's the frequency of which he's gaining. So we have now. Since the Farmers, um, he has, I believe this is 16 measured rounds. He has gained strokes on approach in 14 of them. 14 of, of 16. If you go back and find the next 14 that he gained in, it took like 31 rounds. So this is a really good, consistent stretch of approach play from Spieth. He's, he's back. He's back. Be a zero driver, Jordan. 7K range. Um, this is your weekly reminder that Will Zalatoris is a freak. Another top 10. He continues to pile them up. It doesn't matter whether he's on the Corn Ferry or the PGA Tour. It's top 20s galore. Uh, the game is legitimate. I'm excited for him. Also, have you noticed Max Homa's played every week for like seven straight weeks? Yeah, this is going to be his eighth week in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. With a... Very emotional win in the middle. I'm impressed by this. He he followed the win with a 22nd at the WGC and then a 10th place finish at the API. Uh, that's pretty legit. He took a little bit of a, a, a breather. I think he got to um, Bay Hill a little bit late. I think he just took a day or two, which maybe was a little mini reset. Uh, this is a, a really impressive run of golf from Homa, especially after the victory. He could have easily packed that in. Um, you know, taking the big payday, taking the three years on his on his card and just, you know, mailed it in for the next couple of rounds. He did not do that at all. That's impressive stuff. Um, Coke Rack is here. Back-to-back -back top 10s. He finds a way, man. Another impressive guy, right? After he won CJ Cup, he backed it up the next week at Zozo. Uh, he, just, he just finds a way. These guys are grinders. Always good to see. Are you going to go back to Louie? I think you kind of should. You know, he burned 10% of us last week when... He withdrew, what do you withdraw? After lock, but before he teed off, which is always fun. Uh, when Louis plays, he plays very well. 11th at Waste Management, 6th at the WGC. Those are his last two starts, and it's Louis, so of course he has a runner-up finish at this event. 
Okay, now this to me is is the time to go back to Sam Burns. Um, so Sam Burns, who for 2021 has been one of the better fantasy players uh, in terms of value, in terms of a lot of different things. He's $7,300. He was incredibly popular with the Arnold Palmer last week and missed the cut and burned everybody. And there are a lot of people who are not going to go, going to go back to Sam Burns. Well, what were the metrics that we asked for this week? We asked for off the tee. Sam Burns, very good off the tee. In fact, let's pull up his golfer profile, and let's just look at this. Sam Burns off the tee is 21st on the PGA Tour. What is he in? Do I have his birdie or better numbers here? Because that was the other one. Birdie or better, he is 11th. Those are the two most important metrics. So I would say uh, forgive Sam Burns. Bay Hill is hard. Bay Hill made a lot of people look stupid. Go back to Sam Burns. I think this is a pretty good spot for him as well. Probably not going to fall for Kuchar. Probably not going to fall for Siwoo. If I have to target the bottom of the seven range, it's 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 crazy Cam Davis. It's Christian Bezadenhut um, coming off of the, the, the top 10 last week. Seventh is what he finished. I thought he finished a little bit better than that. I thought he was fourth or fifth. Uh, seventh at, at Bay Hill and played well in the one round last year. The 6K range. Kind of interesting. Um, I don't mind Keegan, which is something I rarely say. Uh, coming off a of top 10, which is, was disastrous on Sunday. Again, the course played three and a half shots over par. A lot of people got bit. Um, Keegan has played well here. 16th in 2019, 7th in 2018. Ball striker, all that good stuff. We, we know about Keegan. He's no, he's, he's no surprise. Um, really concerned about going back to Zach Johnson. I want to pull him up because I think he's worth a deeper dive here. I actually got on Zach Johnson um, in... The $200 single entry last week because of a comment in the live chat was talking about what a good cut maker he was. And it's true. He's made, I believe now, 12 in a row, which has got to be one of the longest active streaks on the PGA Tour. But I had to watch this all week. A guy lose six strokes on approach and gain six on the greens. Now... This is two events in a row that he's lost strokes on approach. He was a a small negative at waste management, missed the cut there. Uh, That is what I would expect. If if Zach Johnson's not going to hit his irons well, he's going to miss the cut. Um, To to bank on potentially another six strokes gained with the putter to offset the, the iron game, I'd be a little bit worried about. So we've got six rounds of pretty poor ball striking from Zach Johnson. That scares me. Uh, that is not that is not what got him to be to to twelve cuts in a row, and it it feels like oil is leaking. Um, so I don't think I can I don't think I can endorse Zach Johnson in any meaningful way this week. I'll, I'll point it out again: Brendan Steele is routinely underpriced. The guy's piling up top forties. He had a twentieth place at API. Uh, Emiliano Grio, believe it or not has has added a, a hair of consistency to his game. You know, he has been one of the most inconsistent players on the on the face of the earth um for the last uh I don't know, 2 years. He has put he has put a little bit more consistency in his game. He's got back-to-back top 25s. And then Matthew Neesmith. You know, I think that Matthew Neesmith is is easy to go away from because he's just one of these 6K guys who missed the cut um last week at at Arnold Palmer. He missed the cut by two strokes and he lost like Two and a half strokes putting. He he was still a, a gainer. Actually, I think he lost more than that. I think he lost three and a half putting. He was still a gainer on 
approach. Yeah, oh, no, he lost four strokes in, in two rounds putting. He was uh, plus two and a half on approach. That's what I want to see. I think that's an interesting spot. The lowest I would go, because I know you guys like to always ask, the lowest I would go in the 6K range and feel somewhat comfortable about that, right? That's kind of the caveat there. Putnam's been on a pretty good run, right? Fifth at fifth at Puerto Rico, fourth at the Arnold Palmer, seventh at Waste Management, 21st at the American Express. He's made six straight cuts. He's not my cup of tea kind of guy because he's so bad off the tee and he relies on the putter, but that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, okay, how about this? Johnny Vegas. Uh, we saw him in Puerto Rico, played well there, finished third here last year. Remember that putty mate? Or it wasn't last year. I'm going to say last year a lot. It was 2019. Um Remember that putty mate, longest putt ever on 17? Pretty fun stuff. Maybe he can rekindle a little bit of that magic. That's probably the lowest I'd be willing to go, but I don't want to go that low. I want to go to like Neesmith at 6,700. That's that's probably the best I feel about it. Custom model, let's do it. If you're in the Slack channel, might you might you might be on the lookout for something this week in regards to a custom model. Little little professional tease there. Work brewing on something. I've been promising something for a long time. I've been brewing it up. Just keep your eyes open. Let's see what happens. Um, all right, what do we know about this week? Strokes gained off the tee, it's important. Let's go 20. We know that birdie or better is important. Let's go 20. Well, I can't go more. So let's go 20, and let's change off the tee to 25. And then we'll do approach to fifth, uh, 15. Well, I've got a lot left. So I've got 40 left. Distance is always good, so let's do 10, but I don't want to double count it too much. A lot of sand out there. Let's do a little bit of scrambling. I'm just going to mix it up a little bit here. And then um, the par fives you got to take advantage of. Let's do some on the, on the par fives there. Let's run this model. Oh, boy. Justin Thomas, my number one golfer, which uh, is great because I love Justin Thomas this week. Xander Shoffley, number two. John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger, Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau. This is pretty straightforward. Um, I probably would have, who's the biggest surprise on this list? Scheffler that he's the sixth ranked golfer. He's 8,900. Isn't it funny that Scheffler's more expensive than Daniel Berger and Berger's won twice in the restart. Scheffler's never won in his life. Is that interesting? Could be interesting. I don't see any surprises here. Sometimes I pop this open and I'm really surprised. These are. The biggest names in the world, as they should be. It's the Players' Championship. 48 of the top 50 players are here. It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, there is plenty more content coming. I'm stoked for it. This is going to be awesome. Uh, let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.